From the first Scandinavian immigrant farmers who settled and built a church for themselves, their families, and to be a light in the hills to the east of the Mississippi River, to people of all ages who still seek to shine the light of God's love on top of this hill. Galatians 6.9 has been an encouragement and a sure promise. Let us not become weary of doing good. For the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Through two world wars, two global pandemics, generations, political strife, and technological change, our unchanging God has been so faithful. Great tragedies were followed by chances to rebuild. Uncertain times led to beautiful opportunities. Worry replaced by bumper crops. No matter what this church has faced, God has always been right there, causing the growth, introducing people to Jesus who saves, and surprising all of us with his power, mercy, and love. As we retell and remember this story, let us be inspired by the faithfulness of those who came before us and be comforted by a God who doesn't let go of people. One of our church founders is Per Johnson. He originated from Varmland, Sweden, and later moved to Christiana, Norway, where he married and started a family. Norway was also a place where he helped preach the gospel. Another Bethel founder, Lars Larsen, was converted there and became a great friend to Per during that time. In 1869, Per and his family traveled by ship and train to Red Wing, Minnesota. In June of 1873, another Swedish group moved to Red Wing. Eric Johnson, who had recently returned from a visit to his homeland, served as their leader and spokesman. That following year, a number of them chose to locate in Pierce County, Wisconsin, where there are already some Swedish families living in Ellsworth. Per Johnson moved to Wisconsin in the fall of 1875, where he and his friend Lars Larson were the first to assume the task of layman preachers assisted by visiting pastors. They became burdened for souls in the community, so they began to have services in their homes. Through the reading of God's word, singing of hymns, and fervent prayers for souls, Christians rejoiced and sinners were converted and saved. The first business meeting was December 28, 1878, when Per Johnson, A. Tining, E.G. Stan, and Lars Larson were appointed to take charge of the work of a formation of a church. The following winter, an acre of land in Moville was purchased for $20 to be used as a church and a cemetery lot. In October of 1880, a decision was made to organize a congregation to be known as the Swedish Evangelical Lutheran Bethel Congregation. In June 1883, a church would later be known as Bethel Mission Covenant Church was built. In 1894, C.J. Lund was elected chairman and served the congregation as a preacher until 1898, when Reverend Isaac Nelson was called as pastor. During his seven-year tenure, many members were added to the congregation, as well as additional improvements in the church property. In April 1907, Rev. A.W. Carlson of Salina, Kansas, assumed duties as Bethel pastor, and six acres of land had been purchased from S.A. Packer, upon which the parsonage was constructed for pastor and family to live in. In June 1913, Carlson's successor, August Johnson, became pastor, and he and his wife, Mrs. Johnson, formed a young people's group called Helping Hands. Pastor Johnson served faithfully for nearly eight years until he was called for a new position of ministry in Pomeroy, Iowa in April of 1921. 
To the members and friends of Bethel, it was my privilege to serve you for eight years. Those years were blessed experiences to me for which I shall always thank God. The spiritual atmosphere of the church and members well acquainted with the word of God was an inspiration that has always followed me. May the grace of God rest upon the church as it continues to serve the Lord. A month after Johnson's departure, Reverend Franz L. Larson and his family were welcomed by a large crowd despite the muddy roads and inclement weather. There was a great increase in numbers of the congregation shortly after Franz's arrival, so it was decided at the annual meeting that a new church would be built, and in 1923, they did just that. It cost $13,000 to build, and the church was dedicated on November 11, 1923. The old church became a stable for the horses. The grand opening event, had three large services during its first weekend, and on Sunday over 750 people attended, filling not only the sanctuary, but the side rooms, basement, and outside the doors. All the prayers and greetings centered around one main desire, that the new Bethel Church may be used solely for the Lord's work in the future, and that much good may be accomplished to help forward the Master's cause. In 1927, a few years after the new church was built, Pastor Larson closed his ministry and departed for a new position in Manistee, Michigan. In March of 1928, C.J. Holm of McPherson, Kansas started his ministry. Holm came to America from Sweden in 1891, settling in northeastern Massachusetts. He attended Woodstock Academy and attended McPherson College in Kansas. He later attended Chicago Theological Seminary. In 1930, Bethel celebrated their 50th anniversary. At this point, the student enrollment was 150, and there were 95 members of the church. In 1932, Oscar G. Larson of Chicago took up the work as pastor. He started the tradition of a vacation Bible school during the summer at Bethel, and by 1936, attendance grew so much that the Sunday school classes were divided into different age groups for the beginners, elementary, juniors, young people, and adults. In 1937, Pastor Larson was called to the service in Cromwell, Connecticut. And the following year, Chester B. Dahlberg of Buffalo, Minnesota became the pastor. Mrs. Dahlberg had been very involved in helping the youth ministry flourish and started a primary department at the Sunday school. Pastor Dahlberg even wrote some articles in a newsletter during the time of World War II to show love, encouragement, and prayer for the men overseas as well as their families. Sometime after 1938, it was decided at an annual meeting to use the English language exclusively for all the services. In the past, there were separate services for those who spoke Swedish and English, and many have joked, they speak Swedish in heaven, you know. After 13 years of faithful service, Dahlberg accepted a new charge in Oakland, Nebraska in 1951. We look upon our days at Bethel as some of our richest experiences in the Lord's work. We thank God for the many souls he gave us in our ministry there. We will always praise and thank him for the many young people who have entered into Christian service for him. May the benediction of the Lord be upon you in the days that lie ahead. Later that year, Charles Sibley became pastor, which was a remarkable rise from only being a student at the St. Paul Bible College. During that time, Reverend Sibley preached the gospel weekly on KAAA radio station in Red Wing, Minnesota, called Tidings from Bethel and a musical program called Gospel Medley Tidings. Sibley was called to minister in Chicago in 1955. How well do we remember the days that we were privileged to spend your midst as fellow worker and pastor? This being our first pastoriate, 
It is needless to say that we've learned many things that will be helpful in our future ministry. May the love and peace be with you, and bless you as you continue the work that he has begun. Later that year, Alban T. Folden from Worthington, Minnesota became pastor. And later that year, 75th anniversary was held that featured multiple events, including special service, banquet, appearances of former pastors, and a performance of a string band from Minneapolis. By the grace of God, psalmist in saying, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. At such a time as this, when we reflect upon years that have passed, memories bring back to us both the pleasurable and the painful. But through all such experiences, the Lord has brought us to this day. Tragically, the church was destroyed by a fire January 8, 1958. It burned Wednesday at 3 a.m. and was insured for $25,000 with $100,000 in damages. Electrical origin, Yule tree wires were likely the cause. The church body met at the Ellsworth High School after the fire, as well as Ottman School, Ellsworth Covenant Church, and the old parsonage until a new church was built. Sunday school was also held at the parsonage, and there were so many students at the parsonage that some would have to stand in the stairway. A few months later, Pastor Folden resigns, and in the autumn of that year, Frank Freiburg starts as a supply pastor. He was great at taking charge during the rebuilding process, encouraging in trying times. We may look homeless, but we are not hopeless, he said. With the thanks of a recent Harvest Festival, donations, crew, and prayers, the third building was built and dedicated in November of 1959, which still stands to this day. Former pastors attended, as well as a quartet and choir performing at this special grand opening. And despite the changes in dealing with the uncertainties of the future, Everything was, is, and will be in God's hands. The new parsonage was dedicated around the 80th anniversary on November 6, 1960. Over 300 people attended that ceremony, and one year later, Ernest Madsen started as pastor. His ministry background started as early as his mother was a missionary in China. We came here a pastor to church early in 1961 then, and what a joy it was to witness the Holy Spirit working in humble, dedicated lives. Live for the Lord, shining for Jesus, and drawing others to commit their lives to Christ and to grow in their walk with God. A number of people came to a deep personal relationship with Jesus. We left here in the summer of 1965 to go on active duty as a chaplain in the Navy. And then after four years, we pastored the churches again at Waterloo, Iowa, and Downey. California, and then the Lord directed us to service with a couple of mission agencies at their U.S. headquarters for several years. Uh, we moved our membership back here, and you both supported us financially and with your prayers, and thank you again. We join with you in celebrating God's past blessings and anticipating His continued blessing impacting this area for Christ in the years ahead. May God just bless you all. Thank you. Reverend Freiburg returned as interim pastor until George G.O.T. Johnson took charge. His friends called him G.O. He was a graduate of Minnehaha Academy and Bethel College and Seminary. He previously served as Covenant Churches in Rush City, Alexandria, and Halleck, Minnesota. Sadly, in 1971, G.O.T. Johnson passed away. He's the only Bethel pastor that died during his time of service. 
Reverend Waldemar Mylander of Cloquet, Minnesota began his ministry in 1971. His wife was the leader of the primary department of the Sunday School. In 1980, Bethel celebrated his 100th anniversary. Let us pray together. Our sovereign Lord and our great God, we come unto you with praise and thanksgiving for allowing us to come to this day, this centennial year, and now this, this day which is so meaningful to so many. We're filled with gratitude and know not how to fully express it except just saying thank you, Lord, for showing us the way. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for enabling us. Thank you for allowing us to witness in Jesus' name. So now we commit this 100th anniversary service unto your guidance and care. And may we feel thy power all during this hour together. For we ask it and pray it in Jesus' name. In 1982, Mylander retired. Wayne Peterson began his ministry in August of that year. He previously served as Covenant Churches in Minnesota, Ohio, Washington, Michigan, and Illinois. He's most remembered for the participation in the Bethel Aries male quartet and also sang with the Red Wing Madrigal Singers. During his tenure at Bethel, the couple's ministry and preschool Sunday school classes flourished. In 1990, Wayne Peterson resigned to take a new position in New Jersey. There are times when you want to say, not me, Lord, I like it here. That was the case here. I'm leaving because God can use my talents to make another unhealthy church healthier. Bethel is a healthy, viable church, and it will remain that way. I will miss the fresh air, country living, and most of all, the people. You might say that we were city people who fell in love with the country. Peterson's successor, Dave McDowell, became pastor in April 1991. Attendance grew so much that a second Sunday service was added at that time. His wife Diane and his four children were very active in the life of the congregation and community. We were able to uh, enhance, enhance Sunday school. I remember some summer coming to church and being spoken to by teachers asking if they could somehow
Marv Eppert of Red Wing served as interim pastor at that time. Marv has served a variety of churches over 40 years up to that point, and Marv and his wife Jan traveled extensively on short and long-term mission trips and interim appointments which showed he was most welcome during this transitional period. Marv was supportive and encouraging during this decision-making process of the building expansion that was in the plan starting with Pastor Dave's tenure. I remember the first three words I spoke from this pulpit. Does anybody else? <laughs> I let you know. And they're still true. I hope other things I spoke from this pulpit are still true. But the first three words I spoke from this pulpit were these. I love you. And I still do. That during those two years we were here, we grew in our concept of the extension of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world around us through Christian mission. And God has really given us so many privileges to serve in mission since we were here. Now let's look ahead just for a moment. Over these last years, these words have become my favorite scripture and kind of my personal uh, call to faith. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, is good, pleasing, and perfect will. This passage calls us to give ourselves to God in body. It calls us to give ourselves to God in our mind, that we might be renewed in our mind. This passage calls us to reach to the people around us and assist one another to walk in the will of God. In 2000, Rick Clawitter became pastor. He and his wife Karen also shared their musical talents for Sundays and special events. That same year, there was Easter tradition of a theatrical production of The Last Supper. Plans of the church addition were finally in motion as construction began in 2002. It was completed in 2003. The back of the sanctuary was more open to increase the capacity. On the same level, there's an atrium, conference rooms, offices, and a nursery. The downstairs area has a bigger atrium, new restrooms, and a youth room. In 2007, Pastor Greg Fondell started serving our church and did faithfully for nearly six years. It was around this time that Bethel started the October tradition of hosting Kids Country Fest, which is a family event where kids can come and play games, pick pumpkins, eat some good treats and other neat attractions. Whether it's a costume contest, puppet show, or a dance-off, this event is what many fondly remember and look forward to every single year. In 2013, Todd Speaker of Colorado became our pastor. What he loved more than board games, video games, superhero movies, and the Broncos were his family and the congregation. I'll never forget when my wife Erin and I moved here uh, from, uh, from Colorado uh, to start serving here at Bethel. Uh, we brought our moving truck loaded up on a snowy day and a whole bunch of people from the church showed up to help us move in. And the whole time as we were, they were putting our belongings away and carrying, carrying everything uh, into the house, they kept calling me pastor. 
And I remember thinking, I'm not a pastor, <laughs> I'm just a guy. And, and it occurred to me that I was their pastor now. And, and I remember that night telling Aaron, oh no, <laughs> these people think I'm a pastor. What am I gonna do? This church, those people, uh, they're the ones that taught me how to be a pastor. I'll never forget the first two months. We had uh, four funerals in the first month. And at every opportunity, the people of this church showed up and made meals and supported families and uh, encouraged me and taught me things and were incredibly patient with me through this whole process. Uh, when Aaron and I moved here, it was it was just the two of us, but over the years, we had our two boys, Foster and Axel, and this church has been their family, their parents and grandparents and cousins and aunts and uncles, and we just couldn't be more grateful uh, for the time that we're here. In 2014, attendance was dwindling, money was tight, and the church was struggling to pay the remainder of a large loan they had since the addition. On top of that, a nationwide LP shortage drove the church's heating costs so high that the building was closed for any activity besides Sunday morning worship. Throughout that year, the church prayed and pondered on the following year's budget. A couple proposals were to scale back to stretch out the limited resources. The congregation voted on a Hail Mary budget, one where they would double down by setting aside money to hire a worship leader, expand outreach to the community, and even partner in the planning of a church in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. The trouble with this budget was a church could only last two or three more years if things didn't change. It became resoundingly clear that God was leading us to take a risk for his mission. In January of 2015, we began financially supporting Renew Covenant Church that was led by Pastor Jamie Staples, as well as sending in some people from Bethel to help get it started. Since then, we've partnered in planting two more churches with Pastor Sten Carlson, kickstarting Mid-Current Covenant in Hudson, Wisconsin, and Pastor Michelle Arndt planning the Crossing Covenant in Holton, Wisconsin. While at the time the church's future was uncertain, the congregation had a renewed focus on outreach and a recommitment to our mission of loving God and loving others. The hard work, dedication, and prayers have paid off later that spring as the Lord blessed the church with his faithfulness with a surprise $100,000 donation that made it possible for us to pay off that building loan. That fall, we welcomed a new worship leader and formed a youth ministry partnership with Zion Covenant Church to form a new youth group for middle schoolers and high schoolers known as Fusion. We even shared special events and had some joint services. It's a blessing to see those two places come together. In 2018, it was decided to upgrade the sanctuary to increase space, improve accessibility, and upgrade audiovisual technology. Reconstruction started in the spring of 2020 while the congregation worshiped in the atrium until the beginning of COVID-19 pandemic, where services temporarily went online and outdoors. In the meantime, faithful volunteers pressed on to finish the construction project. When the congregation returned to an in-person worship in the fall, they were welcomed by a new stage, projection system, sound and video equipment. Bethel now has video going into the atrium and online services shared far and wide on social media. A church is so ready and willing to trust God where he's leading, to take risks and chances, to be uncomfortable, uh, and to be willing to show God's abundant love and grace for the people that he puts in this church's path. 
As you can see, so much has changed in our 141-year history, but our mission has stayed the same. Love God, love others, and make disciples.